Welcome to Romanistan. We're your friendly neighborhood gypsies. I'm Paulina. And I'm Jess. And this is our last foretold debrief, episodes eight and nine. How do you feel? I'm okay. I am cooking right now. So you guys are going to hear some food crackling and frying in the background. Romanistan ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Oh, low quality. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How do you feel? I mean, I'm excited on your behalf, just knowing that you don't have to wake up every Tuesday being like, oh my God, what's this episode going to be? And feel anxious about it. But I also thought it was a great series. You know, I mean, of course, we've been talking about things that we have reactions to and, you know, we had a few criticisms, but overall, it's extremely cool. It's a big deal. You did an amazing job. This is the first mainstream Romani podcast ever. I'm psyched. <laughs> Very proud of you. Well, thank you. That makes me feel better. No. <laughs> I don't yeah, I think remember. Be... What was episode eight even about? Episode eight was the trial. So that lawyer said a lot of sassy things about you. I did not like that lawyer. He is such a big part because he's the only person from the other side. And he's so biased. And at the very same time, I don't even know if I can legally say that. But let me just tell you guys this, okay? <laughs> there is absolutely no reason for him to continuously like refer to us as gypsies, which he did throughout the whole trial. And he also said the full N-word. The full fucking word. Yikes. For no reason. And so it just gives you context a little bit into who or what this guy is. And I literally had to ask my attorney, like, is it okay if I mention that publicly? And my attorney was like, as long as it's true, the um, transcripts are in court. So he really had no reason to say that. And he did. Even the judge was like, holy crap. They really got themselves someone special to represent them. <laughs> yeah, I... You know, I had a lot of fiery feelings when I was listening because, you know, just in case you're behind on the foretold podcast, he consistently makes fun of Paulina saying that she weaponized her culture or, you know, I'm talking about you, so you're not here. saying that you weaponized your culture, saying that you were crying because the big bad men were after you, that you were playing the victim, all the stuff that was really insensitive because actual things had happened to you. And obviously he's a lawyer for the other side, but you never said you were a victim. And I also thought it was really interesting the way that he made it sound like you were weaponizing Romani culture, but also wanted to have your cake and eat it too, where, oh, now Paulina turns around and becomes a fortune teller again, as though any kind of participation in Romani culture somehow makes every aspect of Romani culture, including the parts that are oppressive, fine. <laughs> like that you you can't participate a little bit in your culture that's making you a hypocrite. And to me, it was so wild because the things that you were upset about, that you were not allowed to pursue an education, you were afraid that that would be the same for your children. You did not want your children to also have an arranged marriage and you weren't okay with the normalized sexism and other abuses within the culture. Somehow you disagreeing with that made you some kind of monster who turned against our people. And 
I was just livid listening to it. And I imagine that you were too. How did you feel listening to this guy again? Because I know you had to listen to it all in court, I'm sure. I don't know why, but he really just doesn't phase me. Everyone thinks that was the thing like that I was going to be like the most upset about. But for some reason, he literally hammered me and cross-examined me for four days, you guys. And so I am so used to this guy and he's such a low quality person. I don't know. I don't know if I could legally say that not or not, but I think you can say that you don't like him. I also, I mean, the guy used the full N-word in court for no reason that, you know what, I feel like that gives us the measure of his character. That's a terrible thing to do. It's wild. And I can see how his opinion of you wouldn't really matter because you've already defeated him in court and he is an absurd person. And, you know, the things that it's not like you care deeply about his opinion of you. Just as someone listening who I've never heard him speak before, I was like, oh my God. He said, what? Shut the hell up. (laughs) I was so mad. Yeah. And at the very same time, like my response, I guess, to the things that he said throughout the whole period was that in nowhere in any of my court filings or in my hearings, did I say that they were after me or anything like that. I said the things that really happened, like, oh, they did try to break into my house and they claimed all the things that they did they didn't think those any of those things were like manipulative or oppressed women in any kind of way and so they kind of told on themselves I guess to a certain point I mean you see in the hearings where Bobby's like well traditionally women just don't drive in our culture and so I'm like I don't know how to explain it I just feel like my response is well it kind of is what it is and in going to court and everything like that. I don't know why Richard was so mad that I was still reading because there is definitely a distinction between it. And so you're so right on that aspect. There's a distinction between living in community and being out of community. And then there's also a distinction between doing it, reading or like being a holistic healer, like going back into my business in one way and then doing it in another sense. Doing it the bad way is what I call it, where like you're using or, you know, abusing it. That's kind of my my response to that is Richard was just making it seem like, well, she's a gypsy because she reads palms still. And you know what's crazy too? I don't even offer palm readings right now, (laughs) (laughs) but it's just funny. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that is something that was mentioned briefly in the earlier episodes that not all Romani people live in tight tradition and tight communities the way that your family does. And I found it really interesting as someone who grew up mixed and assimilated that it seemed like, well, let me contextualize this. I was listening to the part where Gina was frustrated with you and venting. And I know that you and Gina are tight and like, I'm sure have talked about that since. I was really interested the way that Gina was so frustrated that you were going back to certain Romani cultural practices when she felt like, you know, maybe the two of you had gotten you clear and now you were sliding back and like you couldn't make up your mind. And for me, it was like, I mean, there's no you're either gypsy or you're not, you're either in or you're out. 
for me, it's I'm standing here with some fragmented puzzle pieces of my culture. <laughs> I'm maintaining what I can, but I've never been fully in a community, nor am I really out of one because that's not such a concept for me. And the ways in which I consider myself Romani, you know, when held up to the standard of like traditional community, I don't think I would count. And that's probably the same reason that my grandmother, when she says things to me about our past, it's like, well, when we were gypsies versus like <laughs> we are gypsies because, you know, traditional living had sort of splintered away in the Holocaust. And so for me, I was like, wow, this is a really big issue for Gina and Paulina's family. And I don't get it. <laughs> like it's, I understand it because I'm listening to it, but I'm like, yeah, of course, Paulina can pick and choose what she wants and still, you know, make her life the way she wants it to be. Yeah, it also brought me back to family. They always wanted me to live with them or stay with them, live by your rules, and then we'll kind of accept you and keep you, you know, safe, basically, and support you. And so once you don't do that, once you're not living by their rules, including Gina, that's what it felt like at the time. And I was still going to school at that time as well. And so it was like, well, you know, it really was for nothing. I technically never questioned like, oh, I'm going back into the community. I never thought that like a day in my life. It was always that I'm out doing my own thing and I'm going to also continue to grasp and hold on to the parts that I do love as well as the parts of my practice, trade and, and living. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like it's always kind of the way that you feel. I think like right now, once I finally left, I was like, yeah, I'm just kind of going to do both. And the other part of it too, is that I couldn't pick up my bags and move. I have two kids and I share custody with their dad who visits them once every couple of weeks. I would, would have to have gone back to court and refiled this thing. And to a sense, I did have a level of stability. So, I mean, I think it was a rocky time period. And I felt Gina and I kind of drifted because of that very thought where I was like, oh, it's another person that if I don't, you know, live by their rules, then I'm not worthy. You know what I mean? I've just, I, I become this person that really feels like I have to have my own choices. <laughs> you know what I'm saying at this point? And I'm, I'm like that as a mother where the girls will say things to me and I don't usually talk. I try not to be one of those parents that like constantly talks about their kids, but I feel like this is kind of a story of me fighting for my kids at a point. And so I really try to ingrain that in the kids. If you want to be an artist, I'm like, you can be an artist. You know, I want to just support you guys, even though I'd like it if you want to be something else. No, I think artists are cool. You say those things and I realize that those wants and needs and expectations, even if they're conditional, come out of a place of love. And so that's where I am now, where I'm like, oh, I know that she was saying those things as well as my own family because they cared about me. You guys know I work a lot of jobs. And one day my oldest daughter was like, I want to work three jobs, mom, just like you. And I'm like, I don't want you to do that, Allison. And she's like, I want to, I want to work three jobs just like my mom. And I'm like, I want you to still get an education and all this stuff. And she's like, that's fine. But I want to do all these things. And I'm just like, you realize that you care about people. 
I love the way that Faith did portray how everyone has their own little thing. Like, you know, this person was able to do this. This person was able to do that. The gypsies that were involved. George, you know, did his movies and films, but also was still Romani. That part I really liked. It kind of bled into it nicely. Yeah, I was really happy that she talked about Romanistan and how, you know, maybe you left your specific community, but you joined other communities of Roma who are doing things and come from various backgrounds and stepping outside of expected roles to do more, push the boundaries a little bit. Yeah, and, definitely. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with living traditionally. It's it's more just that your specific situation with custody and your ambitions, it just wasn't the place for you, unfortunately. I think part of it was a little bit disappointing too when Faith had said like I have a feeling she's not going to go back to school and I just feel like it's weird because I really like should like take a break um and I'm starting classes again like this year and I have been going through a lot like there was health issues there was personal issues I had moved like there was just tons of stuff happening. And so it didn't really make sense for me to be working so much and going to school at the same time. But it's hard because I want my daughters to hear that in the future or that to be like a little keepsake, you know, and I feel like I'm going to have to explain to them, like, actually, I am going back to school daughters, you know, and like, they kind of see me. It, it was painful to hear, oh, you know, and she did this for nothing or that like Pauline is not going to go to school like I literally remember bringing the kids with me to classes and you know staying up late at night for two years and I learned so much in the time that I did go to school even though I don't have my you know degree yet it's like I learned a lot and so I really felt it wasn't for nothing you know yeah it definitely wasn't for nothing and also you're just one human being I mean you had all of these things that you were navigating and you're working three fucking jobs and raising two children and <laughs> navigating two different families right now. Like it's a lot. And uh, what are you supposed to do? Never sleep? You know, it's okay for you to take a break and not be judged about it. Exactly. Yeah. That part bothered me as well. Cause I, I know that school matters to you and you can, I mean, I was an adjunct professor and, you know, a middle school teacher and and also running my own little fortune telling business. It's not like if you're Romani and you do fortune telling, that's that's it. That you only get one job. <laughs> you get you get to do other things too. And there was a way that they had narrowed it down to like, well, she's still a fortune teller, where it's like my business is Romani holistic healing. Like the main purpose of it is in holistic healing. And like the readings are something that I practice, but it's not the main business part as well so it was like weird to hear me be narrowed down again to to a fortune teller which to a degree it's like I do get like the whole premise of the story and there's nothing wrong with being that but I feel like we you know and they did mention like that we do this podcast too which is like this is a big part of it you know like a big part of my personality now <laughs> mm -hmm. as well as the other jobs that I do and fostering kittens and just kind of all this shit you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah, you're a multifaceted person. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. I don't know. I'm happy it's over also. Yeah, and hopefully it opens some new doors because, you know, even though it's incredibly hard to have 
something made about your life. And there's always going to be parts that feel uncomfortable, even if they're good, it's just uncomfortable to be under a microscope a little bit or be spun into a certain narrative. I think that ultimately, you know, you had a good experience with the LA Times and they they want you to succeed and they want to tell your story. Yeah, I feel like this was a real big opportunity for gypsies to have some exposure and I feel like it raises more questions. And so I think they did a great job. Again, I always keep saying this, but I just want to reiterate it. Like everyone needs to read. I don't know what they're called. You know, those little stories that they came out with, the the other little panels. Oh yeah, the essay series that they curated for Foretold with the LA Times. Oksana has a piece and George Eli and Margareta Matache and um, Ethel Brooks. And I might be, I, I think I'm forgetting something or someone, Nicoletta Kalin, I think has one. Yeah, it was really nice that those stories were brought to light. And I really hope people can like read those. And for people, obviously, that are even not listening to us all the time, it's nice to hear this is real representation. Like you and I are real representation, even though we don't represent everybody or all the groups or whatever. I think we really try to like bring whoever we can, whoever will talk to us to light as well. So. I'm really grateful for this opportunity. I like the way that it turned out. And of course, I didn't like Richard Sullivan, but I mean. Who does? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, congratulations, Paulina, you did it. Thank you. Um, Yeah, that's cool. All right. (laughs) It's a wrap, y'all. Yay. Yay. Thank you so much for listening to Foretold for to our debriefs. We have a lot of fun things coming up. We're going to get back to our regular interviews and Good Morning Romanistan. We also have our special Patreon episodes that drop when we can. So you can subscribe to our Patreon for $5 a month. It really helps support us. We have our coffee fundraiser and everything else going on. Feel free to write in with questions for our Good Morning Romanasan episodes. Basically, any other question other than how can I reconnect to Romani culture because we answer that and and the podcast is one of those ways to do that. But also, we're still taking stories. Uh, If you have fun stories with encounters with the supernatural or experiences of Romani culture that you feel like are just nice to share, something with a beginning, middle and end, fun anecdotes, light and easy breezy. (laughs) (laughs) that we can share with listeners I have a request too someone I know is looking for gypsy riddles so if anybody knows of like gypsy riddles or if you guys want to make some I mean we're not like the last people on earth so eventually these will be ancient retro vintage gypsy riddles (laughs) in time (laughs) yeah send them in guys dm us email us whatever you need to do get them in yeah we want to hear from you we're happy to hear from you and we'll share what we can and if we don't get back to you right away please don't have hurt feelings yeah and Yeah. Also, I am doing a little letter writing or card writing campaign. I posted on my Instagram. Basically, my mom and auntie left me a bunch of greeting cards that they bought ahead of time. (laughs) 
because they loved their greeting cards. And so I have boxes of greeting cards. And I'm also trying to raise some funds for some out-of-pocket medical costs that I need to deal with. And so if you want a card from me picked at random, filled with any kind of delightful nonsense from a one card reading to just some musings, Venmo me $5. I'll send you a card. Give me your address. It'll be cute. Yay. I love that. I'm definitely going to be getting a few of those too. <laughs> it's been fun. They had, some of them have unicorns. Some of them are, I have dogs drinking martinis, you know, <laughs> kinds of cards your mom would buy. <laughs> That is so funny. I love it. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Romanistan Podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen or wherever you can give us five stars. It helps us so much. You can find us at romanistanpodcast.com where we have a blog, all of our episodes, merch, links to our Patreon, fundraiser, and social media on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at Romanistan Podcast and on Twitter at Romanistan Pod. We run entirely on your support. So if you love the show, consider donating to our coffee fundraiser. That's K-O-F-I. The link, coffee.com backslash Romanistan, is on our website. You can also subscribe to our Patreon for extra content and treats every month. Email us at romanistanpodcast at gmail.com with listener stories, requests for advice, recipes, Romani culture, language facts, and anything else you want to share. Reach out if you want to advertise with us too. We offer sliding scale for Romani, Sinti, and related businesses. So reach out. You can find me, Jez, on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook under Jasmina Vontila. Also, please check out my vintage and curiosities shop, Evil Eye Edit, on Etsy. You can find me, Paulina Rominski, on Instagram at underscore Paulina underscore V underscore and at RomaniHolistic.com. Follow my store, Romani Holistic, in Corona Del Mar, California, on Instagram at Romani Holistic. Romanistan is hosted by Jessica Reedy, aka Jasmina Vontila, and Paulina Verminski. Conceived of by Paulina Verminski, edited by Cherub with music by Victor Pachas and artwork by Elijah Vardo. Bye. Bye.